Shall we begin? This is the Drunken Fizz Podcast with your hosts, Justin Plavik and David Bordeaux. You like how I switched that up there this time, Justin? <laughs> Got to save me first. Say cool. yes. Yes! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because I, I realized before I would say I would say me first that I'm like, well, that's kind of egotistical, but whatever. Anyway, this podcast is made possible by the fans of the show. For more information, visit drunkenfistpodcast.com forward slash fans. So... Speaking of putting other people first and changing things up, I thought that today's episode uh, would focus on putting other people first and helping other people on their way to earning black belt. Um, now, I, I know that not every martial arts style uh, does belt ranking, um, while a, lot, a, a wide majority, a large majority, has adopted the belt system, either... Um, you know, like with open arms or kind of like grudgingly because they're like, ah, I don't want to do this. But eventually they, you know, they adopt it because it's such a known system or, or yeah, <laughs> fuck it, system of, of rank recognition or development recognition. Um, so I thought that maybe today we can give some tips to the listeners on, uh, on how to be, on how to best approach or go about, um, fuck it, tips <laughs> for their path onto the journey of black belt. Um, I swear I haven't really drank much at all. I just poured a new brew though. Um, this one is from Elevator, um, Elevator uh, Brewing. They are native to Ohio um, and I'm very excited to try this particular one. It's a mocha plum stout. And I mean, you had me at, at stout, but the idea of mocha and plum, like chocolate and plum, hmm. But as I said a few, yeah, a few episodes ago, um, might have even been the first one, I, I'm really working to explore the Ohio breweries. Um, there are a lot of Michigan breweries that I love, but now that I live in Columbus, there's a huge, huge like love for this state. And I, I did, I had no idea that Ohio in general had so many breweries, but let alone central Ohio, um, on its own. So I'm pretty excited to try, um, elevator, but like, I, I wanted to read the, the back of this bottle here. Um, cause I thought it was kind of, kind of interesting. It says founded in 1999 by a father, son, beer drinking team in a small town grain elevator we are now into our second century of brewing award-winning beer with you as much passion as you put in the enjoying each pint thanks and cheers dick elevator operator <laughs> the reason the reason why i found that kind of i don't know kind of cool is that it's a father-son beer drinking <clears throat> excuse me beer drinking team um and i i really like the play on their use of in their second century of brewing because if they started in 99 yeah they started last century but it's not their second century but so i i like i like their uh their creative use of that so yeah i'm looking forward to this drink um or this beer but that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> we are talking about tips that tips for training towards black belt. Um, I would go first, but like always, I would like to to drink. So, Justin, can I have you start this one off? I will definitely just one sip in my Guinness. Hold on. All right. Your favorite beer. And yeah, sure. <laughs> Ooh, so that's good. Is it? Oh man, yeah. It. I don't necessarily taste the mocha per se. It has it has kind of like a um, a coffee flavor to it. But so like the first first notes of it, you you really get like the coffee. I mean, there are some. See, not now it's kind of finishing out to like a chocolate, but it's like really kind of coffee front forward. 
And then the finish is very sweet, not like sickeningly sweet, but it's just, just enough, just like a little kiss of sweetness and some slight acidity to it, which kind of helps with the, the impression of sweetness. It kind of gives it that plum flavor, but just like as, as quickly as you recognize it, it fades away. And then there's like, uh, yeah, it kind of has like this lingering chocolate, um, flavor in your mouth this is fucking i i I, i'm excited uh this is going to be a great episode (laughs) (laughs) all right anyway let's get started so we're uh we're doing the tips if we going up through the ranks right sure all right cool oh man i love this this is great fuck (laughs) i'm sorry no it's cool you're just making me jealous i'm gonna have to try it Man, I will say before I begin, though, um, something I wish I had when I was going up through the ranks or just beer. Well, (laughs) I almost I'm not going to give away the age I started drinking. So, no. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. Anyway, so the thing you wish you had. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Uh, YouTube. I know it was around back then, but I didn't really watch it. I'm a very, very, very visual learning. I'm not saying you can, it's a good idea to learn from YouTube, but it would be nice to have like references like that. That wasn't like, you know, your instructor's manual or, you know, a random book, but that was definitely. The The thing that I like about YouTube, um, and an episode ago or so when I got onto my rant about, not rant, but my long winded <laughs> explanation of the bastardized understanding of the karate, history of karate per uh, Bordeaux. Um, I, I really wish that I would have had uh, that YouTube was even a thing when I was learning um, uh, Shuriru just in general, because I mean, and then just the understanding of karate because I, one, could see how other Shuriru stylists do things, but also I could then see how other karate styles do things, you know, like even the forms um, that we would do, like the kata that we would do. Because like the kata in Shuriru, there are some that are kind of similar to others, but it's like, with the exception of a few, our kata are somewhat unique and I'm not entirely sure where the hell they came from. But see, I had to just take everything at face value because that's, well, that's what my instructor told me. So that's what we did. Um, and now looking at other styles of karate, um, I can't find some of these 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 kata. I, I can find bits and pieces in some, but like I, I have to wonder, like, are these or were these, uh, you know, created and then be you know then been passed off as oh yeah this this old uh chinese dude freaking you know gave this to blah 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 but yeah i i i really i really appreciate uh youtube for the ability to cross-reference um techniques and that right and then I think also what comes to my mind too is my wife. She had a friend um, in high yeah, school. Yeah, if you had your wife, like if I had your wife when I was younger, yeah, that that would have been made at my whole black belt experience way better. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> I was like, oh fuck, did I just piss him off? Because there's like a lot of a lot of silence. Oh shit. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm, like, I'm going to keep drinking. <laughs> or eh, maybe hold back a little. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no, she had a friend. And, you know, he, he was a little bit autistic and just super smart guy, absorbed everything like a sponge, but he was at a Brazilian jiu-jitsu gym. And when he wasn't there, he was just watching YouTube videos and practicing off that. And I, he was like one of the fastest in his dojo or even the area to like get up, jump up to brown belt, almost black. Holy and, shit. Yeah. It was just because the dude could just look at something and just basically do it. It's wow. such a gift. So he had that outlet. And I think it was even YouTube videos from the dojo he was already practicing at. So it wasn't like, you know, they could even say like, oh, you're doing that move a little bit different or anything. So wow, it's kind of really cool. Yeah. I just, you know, having that visual 
that would have been really cool to have back then. Um, another thing that uh, well, a little tip, like I, I kind of wish I had someone tell me when it was around that time where you're starting to get up there to like, you know, it would be the equivalent. We didn't have colors. It was just either white or black, but mm-hmm. you still had the cues or, right. you know, the, the uh, Mudansha kind of ranks. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it would have been nice that when you're around what would be considered someone else's like blue, purple, brown belt area, when you start teaching little kids or you start teaching a class because it's a part of your curriculum and it's part of learning to get to that black belt. I wish I would have had someone tell me, just teach the way I want to teach. I remember okay. even even when I started just instructing by myself and going off on my own, um, I think I still had the tendencies to teach like my teacher. Uh, right. It wasn't until many years after where I'm like, wait a second, I'm already a teacher. That's what I went to school from. Why am I doing this the old way? Let's do it the way I would do it. Um, you don't always have to copy, you know, your, your superiors. It's, it's great. Copying is the best form of flattery, but if you have a skill, you should show it. And Definitely. I, I, this is something that I really work to impress upon my students is I'm going to show you the techniques. I'm going to show you the tactics and I'm going to show you, and I'm going to explain the strategy, but what, what I need for you to do is to make this your own. Yes. Within certain parameters, you have to do things a certain way. And if you don't do it a certain way, then you, you, you don't show proficiency in whatever, but for again like for my students i really emphasize make this your own understand the strategy understand the why of what is going on so you can master the how because when you master the how and you understand why you're doing stuff you make it yours and that is so much like i i wish i had somebody you know, share that with me in, in uh, my Taiji class. I have this one, uh, this, this lady has been with me for a long time. I love her dearly. I, I love all my students. I, I love, I love her dearly. Uh, she absolutely 100% does her best to replicate how I do my Taiji. And the thing that I tell everybody in class, because like the style Tai Chi that we do, like one of the one of the key concepts or precepts is there is no wrong way to do it. If you do it differently, then that happens to be your Tai Chi at that moment. Can it change? Sure. Should it change? Maybe. But if you are doing it different than I am, I mean, like unless you are doing it to the point where you're you're putting yourself in a a detrimental position where you can actually harm yourself, you know, it's okay. Give yourself that permission to do it the way that you're doing it. Well, anyway, this lady, even though I tell her this and she's been with me, oh man, for almost four years now. Yeah. Almost four years. Um, she still will copy me. And there is a couple of times where, uh, a, couple of classes ago i had a a new student go hey aren't you doing that different didn't you tell us you know to do it xyz and i'm like ah i'm glad you noticed that because i messed up (laughs) you know i i i made a mistake and what was really cool about that was that student who who brought up hey are aren't you doing it differently that student was doing it the way he was supposed to, the way that I said to do it, even though I made a mistake and I was doing it differently, he was doing it the way he was supposed to. Well, my dear student who's been with me for almost four years, she was copying me to the T. And Now, keep in mind, she comes from a culture where that is what you do. When your teacher tells you to do something, you do it. You model your teacher. And what I explained to her, I'm like, you know, I'm 43 years old. I learned my Taiji um, from a couple of different instructors, and they all did it differently. I had to find my own Taiji. And when I teach it, I, 
you know, I, I, I'm essentially giving, I'm teaching you to find the Taiji within you. And, but she'll still say, oh, I have to I have to do it the way you do it. And I'm like, I, I love you, but please don't. Because, <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, you'll have instructors that maybe have bad backs. I have a bad back from Iraq. And so I modify some of the things that I do. There, I mean, some of the modifications I don't even notice that I modify. And when I watch others, when I watch some of my students do things, I'm like, why are you doing it all messed up? Like, well, that's the way you're doing it. I'm like... Man, yeah, no, don't do that. I have an injury. Um, this is the way to do it, you know. So, yeah. It's kind of like, I mean, I'm not an expert at all, but I always hear people say this quote where it's kind of like yoga. As long as you concentrate on, like, breathing, it's not a huge deal on what you're doing with your movement. Yeah. I, I hear that all the time where, like, it's it's the kind of – it just reminds you the same concept of martial arts. There are, there are certain things that you should definitely be doing the motions towards – but we're all different. You know, your, if we did right. the same exact art, your stance and my stance are going to be differently because we're different height, different torso length, different legs, different feet. It's always going to be a little different. It should never look exactly like someone else's. Right. Now, there, unfortunately, there are some schools that will emphasize um, cookie cutter behavior. And if you're in a school like that, you know, I, I feel I feel for you because I don't know about you, but I'm not a cookie. Um, my life experience, I mean, shit, like I just said, you know, I have a back, I have a back injury um, from my experience or my time in Iraq. And I can't do certain things certain ways. So if I were to be in a school where I had to look just like everybody else, you know, I, I'm 43 years old. So if I was in a, um, a class full of young 20-somethings who were maybe a little, bit, a little bit more flexible, didn't have the injuries that I did, and I had, and we all had to look the same, you know, I wouldn't be able to do that. So I, I do understand and I appreciate that there are some schools out there that you have to look cookie cutter. Um, well, hopefully, you know, your experience is that you're not in one. And if you're not in one, it is okay to do your best with what you understand and really make it your own. Obviously, you know, seek guidance from your instructor because he or she will, you know, hopefully be the one to help you um, master it, make it yours. But it's okay to be yourself to have to to adopt whatever technique or situation you're doing to best suit you yeah yeah no i mean that's that's exactly <laughs> right i mean another thing too as i was thinking like it just for uh tips for growing up through the ranks and stuff and i know we talk a lot about this sometimes but i know uh, me personally I'm super close-minded when it comes to martial arts. Um, I'm humble enough to admit it. I'm not going to be like, yeah, every martial arts <laughs> awesome. No, um, growing up, it was that first art that I did with that Japanese jiu-jitsu where it like, started my hate for karate. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it's funny because, like, I know karate people. I've done seminars with them all the time. I don't you mind might, them. You, just, you might be hosting a podcast with one. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And we're best buds, so who cares? But <laughs> right. it does and also I it was that there was a, oh, I will never ever say the names of the dojos or instructors, but I will admit that every single dojo I've ever been to made fun of karate. And it was <laughs> But that I wish I didn't have that though. Like I wish I was open minded to try other things because unfortunately I love uh, the Japanese culture and I love the Japanese arts that I do, but I'll never, ever, ever fully understand Budo because of my closed mindedness. So I'll never be fully um, enlightened, so to speak on the whole of Japanese culture, culture and Budo, Budo martial arts. And it's, well, I think that, I mean, that in and of itself is a tip right there is mm -hmm. to, allow yourself, give yourself that permission to be a bit more open-minded. Um, if you that hear, too late for me. 
God damn it. It's not too late. No, but, it's too late. I, it's so ingrained <laughs> in my head of just making fun of it. My body oh, doesn't man, move dude. like that. It's just, yeah. Was always uh, so you're killing me, man. You're, you're like a lot younger than I am. And if you're saying that, you, uh, anyway. Okay. Whoa. So for listeners. It's so, so martial though. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway. So for, for you listeners who, who are clearly a bit more adaptable and, a bit more intelligent than others. Um, yeah, that, than me. <laughs> the, the, idea, the idea, uh, I mean, that in and of itself is, is, you know, a tip where give yourself that permission to be a bit more open-minded um, to other arts or to different ways of thinking of things. When I was in Iraq and I, I, I know I mentioned this a couple episodes ago, um, I was talking with um, an instructor and I still don't remember the stupid, it's not stupid, but for me it's stupid that I can't remember it, but I have a memory uh, thing. Anyway, um, his style of stick fighting, um, although he is part of the dog brothers. um, But anyway, talking with him, you know, he, he was able to, help me to see the arts that I have done at that time. And then I do now differently to, to look at it with an open mind and to be a bit more uh, forgiving or considering. And that really, I think can, can be helpful because I know when coming up um, in karate, when I first started, there were a handful of things that didn't make sense no one could give me a good answer. And, and that includes my instructors. They they gave me answers that it seemed like that they were told from their instructor and there really was no deviance from that. And if I, if I would have, if I was able to be a bit more open-minded about it, um, I probably would have been able to understand at that time that maybe what they're telling me is what they know. But I, I was I was pretty close-minded. And I'm like, no, you're just trying to sucker me into paying more money so I stay with you longer. Or, I mean, like, who knows even what, what I was thinking at that time. I was frustrated because I knew there should have been more. You weren't giving me what I, what I needed and what I wanted at the time. So the problem is with you. Well, had I been a bit more open-minded, it might, I mean, yeah, it could have been with them, but it's not necessarily their fault if what they know is all that they know because that's what their their instructors have told them and they didn't go beyond, look beyond, even inquire beyond. So you know, to, to be a bit more open-minded um, would definitely be something I, I'd recommend um, adapting and adopting um as you come up through the ranks, something too that kind of goes along with that is to definitely exercise patience. I have been known to be an impatient person. There are a lot of us in the Western culture, especially nowadays, who are extremely impatient. They need things now. Um, when I was younger, I definitely like if I didn't understand something, I needed to know, and I needed to know now. <laughs> and if I didn't know where to find it, I would just run out wherever I could to to get the information. Um, now that I'm a bit older, um, hopefully a bit wiser. Had I executed, not executed, but uh, exercised patience, there would have probably been a, a good handful of things that would have came to me a lot sooner, like my understandings of things, had I just been patient with it, had, had I just trust the process. And that, so that's something that I, I definitely recommend is to exercise patience, patience with your training partners, patience with your instructors, patience with yourself. That will definitely take you a, a long way. Um, but he, it's like if, if I can give like one big one, um, it, I mean, the, the biggest one of the biggest tips that I can give that either if you f- remember nothing else, I, I ask that you remember this, or if we don't get to any of the others, you know, hopefully this is the, the one is understand how you learn. When like for the longest time, I didn't know how I learned. 
And there are a lot of times that people were teaching me or to me in ways that were not conducive. But I didn't know how I learned. They didn't know how I learned. They didn't, you know, they didn't, a lot of different teaching experiences, they didn't know how to assess people's different learning styles. So one of the best things you can do is understand how you learn. Are you a visual learner? Are you an audio learner? Are you a kinesthetic learner? So a visual person, I'm a primarily visual, I'm secondary kinesthetic. If you talk to me, if you tell me things, I, I'll get some of it, but it just doesn't stick. I need to see it. When I see it, I get it. When I do it, I understand it. When I hear it, I, I fucking forget. So it really helps because like, if you know that you're an auditory person and if you're busy watching how the instructor does it, it might be helpful for you to maybe make some notes and then read those notes out loud to yourself, you know, at, at a different time or even record what you are experiencing. Um, if you're a, a visual person, if you can't take videos of whatever it is you need to learn, you know, like what Justin said earlier about YouTube, maybe go to YouTube um, and watch it a, a lot of times. Or if your instructor, and hopefully your instructor um, encourages this, and I, I make my students bring notebooks, um, but hopefully your, your instructor encourages notebooks. But if you if you can have you know a, uh, a martial arts notebook your own journey to go in and maybe draw stick figures if that's a thing or shapes with arrows i mean whatever way that that would help you to when you go when you go back and be like oh yeah that's what that was you can see that um another thing you know like if you're kinesthetic if, if in other words like if you have to do it to get it if you can't stand looking at things and you don't like people telling you what to do you just have to get in there and do it and you figure it out go home and practice it and go home and practice is, is, is a tip in and of itself, but go home and practice. And while some instructors will say, don't teach this stuff to other people or don't do it on your own with other people because you might hurt them or you might do it wrong uh, to a point, they're right. Um, you don't want to hurt yourself or hurt anybody else. With that said, things that would not put you in a dangerous situation or a partner in a dangerous situation practice that if you learn kinesthetically if you have to do then learn that way because once you understand how to learn um like for example for myself i'm not an audio auditory audio whatever <laughs> a listening person auditory. auditory yeah that's it um I know that I had to write things down so I could see it later and that I would actually have to do it, you know, so physically I'm engaged. And if somebody's sitting there lecturing to me, and even when I was in university and I'd be in lectures, I would have to take notes, not for the sake of remembering, but just for the sake that I could learn it. And, um, and yeah, and that, uh, I, I just had a thought, but I looked down at the bottle of this mocha plum stout and said, Hey, you haven't taken a sip for in a while. And I'm like, shit, you're right. Maybe I should. So learn how you learn and use that to your advantage. And, you know, maybe even tell your instructor and share this with your instructor and say, Hey, sometimes I didn't quite get stuff or I do get stuff, but I think I would learn even better if, you know, and, but just share that information with your instructors just as a, as a way for them to hopefully reach you a little bit better. Uh, what about you, Justin? Um, you are auditory? auditory? I'm visual. Oh, you're visual? Where, where the fuck did I get the auditory from? Well, probably the right, fact that... you've been talking about auditory for like the past two minutes. <laughs> well, that and we do tend to be opposites in a lot of things. So maybe I was just assuming. Oh, we really are. Or when you were telling me what you were, I just wasn't listening. <laughs> so... Yeah, that happens often too. I actually, right, yeah, I'm I'm visual. Okay, and if I, I'm if I see it, I can pretty much do it. I do need, of course, practice, of course, and then I like guidance. I mean, that's how I learn. You can't really teach yourself. So, um, I I, I argue with that, but 
for sake of staying on topic, I'll leave that for another time. Yeah, another episode. Um, <laughs> and, I mean, and I don't mean like, nah, okay, we'll get onto it on another episode. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I do want to go back to what you were saying about patience. I really like that you said that. It reminded me of a story, and I, I'm always a big fan of just calling myself out. This is when I was in a trucker, and it was maybe like four years ago, so it's pretty fresh. But I went to one of Sensei Livergood's seminars, and I'm not going to say where. For, the, for found- those listeners, hold on real quick. For those listeners who don't know, Sensei Livergood was one of Justin. Uh, is your judo and Aiki jiu-jitsu instructor correct? Yes. Okay. A very good friend. The guy is phenomenal. I can't. I'm definitely going to have him on here if we can. If he'll be willing to do it. Yeah, oh, that, he's got. That would be great. Uh, and for those who don't know, I've also worked with Livergood Sensei. Um, I had one of my dojos out of his school as well. Um, and from time to time, he will allow us to still use his, his dojo, even though we're not there. We don't, you know, but yeah, he, he's, he's a great guy. He really, and he has some amazing, amazing life stories. But anyway, besides that, I was at one of his seminars and it was traveling around and at that time, I caught I taught kung fu at his school, so I'm like, well, I get to go to one of his seminars for free. Hell yeah, I'm gonna go, <laughs> right? And um, and I was just so frustrated because I was there as a student, and I haven't done that in a really long time. Uh, what I noticed was my frustration came with a, a younger kid that I would constantly be getting paired up with. And my frustration grew after like the first hour of keeping, you know, having a practice with this kid. I don't know how old he was, probably like 17 or 18, but man, I've never seen such cockiness. And, <laughs> and I, he was only like an orange belt or so. He had like what I like to call black belt symbol, uh, syndrome. When you get your black belt, you <laughs> think you're a badass. Sure. Right. But you didn't have that. So it was even more annoying. And he just always made these comments to me and, um, I went up to Sensei Mike, and we'll talk about Sensei Mike another time, I'm sure. But for those of you that don't know, Sensei Mike is also a great friend and just an amazing martial artist. He also works at the Sensei Liver Goods Dojo. But we'll get on to that another time. But um, I went up to him, and I, I see him as a mentor as well. And I'm like, Sensei, I can't. You've got to work with this kid because it was <laughs> odd numbers. So it kept being Sensei Mike sitting out and just kind of helping out. Um, cause that's what he does. Right. And if he has to say, you better fucking listen. Cause his knowledge is crazy. And then, um, I'm like, please, I need, I need to sit out. And he's like, well, why don't you try again? But this time, why don't you, you know, don't go easy on him when it's your turn. And I'm like, no, you told me not to break anyone when I came here. <laughs> and he said, no, no, not break. I'm not telling you to hurt. I'm just saying, don't go so easy. And I'm like, okay, I'll give it a try. And, you know, we got an instant tap on this poor guy. And then it was finally like, kind of looked at me like, okay, I think I'll shut up now. (laughs) Right. Because he just kept making comments towards, it was just all kinds of stuff. I couldn't, I can't, couldn't even tell you what he was saying. Just, I know I was getting frustrated. And so I learned that day, a couple things, but the main one was like, I didn't have as many patients as I thought I did because I'm not actually huge on teaching, uh, below 18. Um, I, I tend to teach more adult level. Right. And lately I've been teaching and that's what, that's what taught me to be patient that day. I was like, wait, I need to be more patient. He's learning. Um, and if you recall, Justin in the back of my head, you were like this at one point too. <laughs> and so, imagine if everyone that you pissed off, refused to help you. I wouldn't be the martial artist I am today. I wouldn't have been able to figure out, hey, um, I need to change some stuff. Right. But I, I like that you brought up the patience because, you know, even now today, I'll, I, I teach younger kids, middle school level. And it's, I don't get it. I don't get that frustrated like I used to anymore because nice. I realize nice. as an instructor, um, if you don't have those patients, then you, you don't really have 
a place to be teaching. <laughs> you shouldn't. You don't have patience. Oh my goodness! I, I mean, even the adults that I teach, there, <laughs> there are plenty of opportunities that I'm reminded of the tip of regarding exercise patience. So, I definitely, I definitely feel you there. And speaking of. Um, sensei mike i think you know like let's go ahead and let's do an episode but let's make this an episode uh, a bonus episode for the fans of the show um and I know that I mentioned this at the beginning of the show, but this podcast is made possible by the fans of the show and if you want to learn more about what that means and how you can possibly listen to this bonus episode that uh, Justin and I will will make talking about um, Sensei Mike and, and things like that. You can go to drunkenfistpodcast.com forward slash fans and you can learn more there. Yeah, I definitely would like to follow up and, and even dedicate an episode to uh, Sensei Mike because of my, even my experiences with him as well. But something that you did say that I would like to kind of talk about is you said um, like a black belt syndrome, like when you get your black mm. belt, you think like you're a badass, you're a tough shit or whatever. Um, what, I mean, to you, what does it mean to be a black belt? And I'm, you know, fuck it. I'm not going to pre-qualify that. I mean, to you, what does it mean to be a black belt? And so that's a great question. And it changed. I'll, I won't do my most recent what it means. I'll get that a little later. But back then it meant basically you're, you're ready to be an instructor. You're at the top notch. You um, learned everything you need to know. Right. Guess what? That's not the case. Um, unfortunately, a first degree black belt is supposed to be it's almost like you're beginning. Now you're, you have covered the basics of the art and now you are beginning to discover the more advanced techniques. Right. And that's, that's that black belt syndrome though. You get that black belt and you're like, I am untouchable. Let's do this. And then you get your ass kicked and you're like, Oh, wait a second. Thankfully. (laughs) I mean, I've never had a, thankfully I've never gotten my ass kicked by other black belts. So <laughs> well, you got your ass not, kicked by white belts. Is that, is that what I'm hearing? Oh yeah. No. There's been a couple of times. Couple lower range, oh yeah. man, dude. I, I had a time when I was rolling oh. with a Brazilian jiu-jitsu white belt and fuck, she kicked my ass. <laughs> and it was, it was awesome because the level of understanding that she had of her art and the humility that she had, it was just, it was so awesome. And it was funny because there's times where she, you could tell she was, she was kind of going easy on me because being a black belt, she didn't want to offend me or she didn't whatever. And I'm like, and I, I kind of noticed that with her. And I'm like, no, if you know this and you do this, do it. Because if you hold back, you're not teaching me anything. I'm not learning at all. You're, you're just yeah. kind of cheating yourself and definitely cheating me out of the experience of learning your art. So God, no, yeah, don't hold back. And damn, she didn't. And I was like, oh shit. But that was, that was such a great experience. Um, with regards to even like the understanding of what a black belt is um, and the, the understanding of, you know, wanting to respect the concept of black belt, because like, 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 like what you said, there is a myth of what a, a myth of being a black belt or the black belt myth, if you will, which in this Western culture, it's the understanding that, Hey, a black belt is at the pinnacle. They are the absolute top. They, they have everything. They can destroy worlds. You know, um, when, when you get a black belt, your whole world changes and you know, the, the sky opens up and sun gleams down and you can see for a month. No, 
that's that's a black belt myth and you know we've been sold this myth and we've bought the myth and we've accepted this myth over and over and over through um you know through movies through other people's stories and i mean because like how how you're talking about like with sensei mike which like i said we'll, we'll have to do a um we'll, we'll do a bonus episode for the uh fans of the uh show but um like when when you start to talk about other people mm-hmm. you you know sometimes you inadvertently put them on a pedestal so the people that listen are like oh my gosh that person's a black belt well yeah but they are a certain rank of black belt but you know so even through our media and just our social sharing the idea of black belt is you're at the pinnacle and that's complete bullshit because Yes, when you when you achieve black belt, when you've earned it, you know, sometimes you have that feeling of, oh, good, you know, I put so much effort and time into this and here I am. But you're not at the end of a journey. You are still on a journey. It's just like if you happen to be in a style where you have different colored belts, you know, you're like, the the worst thing ever is to be a white belt. God, if only I could get to that yellow belt, because then it would be better. And then you get to a yellow belt and you feel a little bit better because, oh, look at all those white belts over there. Thank goodness I'm not one of them. But man, I really want to be an orange belt. Well, the same sort of thing happens when you earn or achieve black belt you have definitely you know hit a point in your journey that it does change to a point but you don't necessarily feel any different you still will make dumb mistakes you still will have inadequacy issues from time to time there might be times that you even have imposter syndrome because while you have a black belt wrapped around your your waist and the people that graded you and you know put you through your examination truly believe you are a black belt you might have uh, imposter syndrome going on where it's like, oh, I'm not worthy of this belt. I'm not that good because, it, see, I, even the idea that I'm doubting myself. But that's that's what it is to be a black belt. You, it's just right. another step on the journey. And really, what being a black belt is, it's it's the way you think and approach things. And it, it's hard to really kind of see your evolution unless you really look back until like back to when you were a white belt. How did you think of things? How did you approach them? Did you approach it with timidness? Did you approach it with curiosity? Did you approach it with this or that? It's the it's it's what I what I tell my students like when they come up I'm like look at things through black belt eyes we're like well we're not a black belt yet I'm like well that's how you become a black belt think like a black belt what would a black belt do and it's about your character and the way that you approach things both in the dojo and out of the dojo and that's really what has changed for me when I've earned my black belt was the recognition of buck. I'm the same person, <laughs> you know, but in a way that was, it was a liberation when I finally understood it. It's like, fuck, I am the same person. Thank goodness. Because then I didn't, you know, it wasn't this superhero thing that I now had to uphold. It's I'm now, I've learned my basics. I now have the ability to start learning more. I have the tools available to move forward. And that really is like what really changed for me was the recognition of the mindset change of the, of the just even the incremental changes in my character, both in the dojo and outside of the dojo. So for me, that's really what a black belt is or what it means to be a black belt is the character and the way that you approach things is different. And but I mean, it's so, also go ahead, go ahead, go oh, ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say it's also nice to recognize that when you start to get your black belt, you realize you know if you happen to dabble in other arts or you have other friends that are martial arts or completely different art or when you go into seminars and stuff, um, it becomes a point that I've seen people wear a white belt, especially in Aikido, because there was only a white or black. Same thing with my Japanese jiu-jitsu background. It was only white or black. So it was hard to tell like who those almost black belts were mm-hmm. until you started practicing with them. Right. So it's almost like judging a book by its cover. Yeah. I remember there just to be a dick, 
in when I was teaching martial arts in Bowling Green, um, there, there was a couple times where I knew new kids were coming and I'd put on a white belt <laughs> to be an ass. Right. And, you know, they would say like, you know, you know, they were early too. I was the best part. And they were like, well, you know, when's the instructor getting here? And I'm like, he should be here shortly. Um, and they're like, blah, blah, blah. How long have you been doing martial arts? And I'm like, oh, I've been doing it for a while. And, you know, and, you know, they were the ones to ask to spar. And that was the best because <laughs> we sparred. And, you know, I gave them a little lesson, like, you know, don't judge a book by its cover. Right. And then all the other students walk in and they're like, why are you wearing a white belt? <laughs> and they're like, they had to tell them, they're like, by the way, you just sparred the instructor. <laughs> Yeah, that, that is kind so of that's a, fun, but that's kind of a dick move, but it is fun for those of us who it was who have those. Fun. I only did it a couple times, <laughs> but I mean, you know, when you when you get that black belt, I mean, if we're going back to telling people like what's a good way to you know keep moving up the ranks, and if you wish you had this or wish I had that, just remember you're you're not at the top of the mountain yet. No, you're you still got quite a ways to climb. Just because you get a black belt doesn't mean you're a badass. Well, I mean, even and you know what? For those of you out there that are uh-huh. that are acting like how I used to act or how <laughs> I see other people act, you know, it's okay. You'll recognize it, and if you don't recognize it, mm, you'll probably figure something out when somebody kicks your ass. Yeah, I, I think that that's kind of a good place to to wrap this up. Um, I think so too. The the idea that you're at, not at the mountain. I mean, even. Some may argue it's like you are at the mountain. Well, okay, cool. You're at the top of the mountain, but look the fuck around. There are other mountains, bigger mountains. You know, you now you have to climb down your fucking mountain to climb back up another one to keep going. And one of the, one of the biggest challenges that instructors have in general is trying to keep students once they've achieved their black belt or once they almost achieve their black belt. But like was once you achieve their black belt, a lot of these students still have this false idea that they've made it. And for some, that's all that they want. They just want that ability to say that they're a black belt. But for those who are doing martial arts to be a martial artist, to fully understand the culture and to you know know how to defend yourself and how to improve your character blah 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 all those great things you keep going there's so much more it's like graduating high school and then saying i'm done and that's perfectly okay as long as you do something with that education but you know once you graduate high school you now have the tools to be able to do more for example, go into university. Now, I'm not – by no means am I uh, shitting on anybody who, who graduated high school and that's as far as you um, academically went. That is perfectly fine. I'm not shitting on that at all. What I am saying is to look at it like, okay, I'm done. I don't have to do anything. You know, like even work in that. But the idea of earning a black belt is in some will even say it's, it's like earning uh, your bachelor's degree. I call bullshit on that. Um, for me, it's more like you graduate high school. You know, you went I think it's a high school degree. Say again, what? I, I agree. I think it's more of a high school degree. And then, Cause like you, you first, you've gone through belt. kindergarten through 12th grade, right. learning all of the things, the stepping stones and all of this, even learning the culture of how you should act, blah, blah, blah. Then when you get to university, when you step into your first class for your bachelor's degree, the classes are fucking different. The culture is fucking different. However, it's not that much different. And if it was radically different, a lot of us would fail as soon as we get in there. But it was due to our experiences of from kindergarten through 12th grade or first grade for those of us who – I mean, I, I, I was in kindergarten, but there are some who start at first grade. But I mean – if you didn't have your high school experience, it's a lot harder to understand what's going on in the upper grades. So, again, the black belt is not the end. Um, and I think, if nothing else, that's like probably like the biggest tip to to end with is black belt's not the end. So, you know, exercise patience. 
understand how you learn, uh, you know, understand the why so you can master the how and, you know, keep going. Give yourself that permission to, to understand that when you earn the black belt, you're still going to be the same person. You're still going to have insecurities. You're still going to have questions. You're still going to, you know, throw a kick differently or uh, if, you know, grapple, you know, do a certain um, wrist lock or whatever, maybe differently than what the instructor says. So it's okay. It's not the end. However, it's a point on the journey and hopefully you continue far beyond just achieving the black belt or the equivalent of what a black belt means in whatever your art happens to be. All right, Justin, I'm out of beer. Uh, let's wrap this up. Although I think we already said that a billion times, anything else to add, please right. say no, just so we can wrap it up. No. Okay, great. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> anything else? No, not just, you know, I just stay open-minded and your journey is your journey. So you will, you're going to stumble and you will figure out your mistakes and hopefully you just, you're able to fix it. And I hope that all of you listening who are doing that in that process, I hope you have someone that is a good outlet to help you do that because it's very difficult to see things on your own sometimes. Definitely. And if you ever have any questions, um, need any tips, more suggestions, very specific tips or suggestions, feel free to, to, to send us a message, man. Cause the, this is what we do. This is what we live for. You can email us at fans at drunkenfistpodcast.com. You can go to our website um, at drunkenfistpodcast.com uh, and there's a contact form. Go ahead, drop us a, a, a note. Let us know if there's something that we can help you with. Or if you just like want, you know, a second opinion or, or if you're like, Hey, this is a great, you know, this is a great episode. I think you should do a show on whatever yeah let us know that too um but you're not alone in your journey and you definitely have people on your side helping you and rooting for you speaking of that i I would you know what i would love is take a take a, a snapshot of you training in your martial arts whether it's in at your dojo your dojang uh your gym or out in the park or whatever just take a take take a picture of you um, training and upload it to Instagram and be sure to tag us at um, our, our little handle is at drunken fist pod. That's P O D um, at drunken fist pod. And let us know, you know, because we, we want to see you, we want to see your beautiful faces. We want to see what you're experiencing in that. So if, for example, if you are having an issue where like, you're not sure how to throw a punch or you don't know how to, to get a throw, make a quick video of it and tag us in it and put, you know, put that up, put that up on Instagram and we'll check it out. And we'll, you know, we'll tell you, we'll, we'll give you our opinion. We'll give you our suggestions. Um, it's free advice. So I would do it anyway. Uh, I think, yeah, that's pretty much it. So that's all for this episode of the drunken fist podcast. The show notes are going to be at drunkenfistpodcast.com. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere, uh, good podcasts are delivered. Um, the show is made possible by fans of the show to learn more about that. You can go to drunken fist com forward slash fans. And until we hit the mats again, thanks for drinking with us. Toodles. Bye.